Cobram Estate is the most awarded Australian extra virgin olive oil. Let it be the hero when entertaining family and friends. Cobram Estate extra virgin olive oil is fresh and full of flavour. Perfect for roasting, frying, baking, dressing salads and for dipping bread. Make your food taste even better with a little help from Cobram Estate. Premium quality, great tasting and a versatile healthy alternative. Buy in store at all major retailers. Yes, hello everyone. Welcome back to the Tradies. Sam McClure and Mitch Cleary. Each week we chat the trading, the buying and the selling of AFL players. Season 1, episode 18. Mitchell, welcome. Bit in it, isn't there, Sam? Good evening to you. Busy day in footy. Another coach sacked and it's going to have repercussions in a list sense right around the competition. It's been a huge week. Yeah. One of the bigger weeks I can remember in my time, which granted isn't as long as others, but 13 years, I can't remember a much bigger week from Caro dropping the bombshell. So in the pre-show meeting, this is her last Monday. Yep, pretty classified. I'd been filling in for Caro because she was away. And then when Caro came back, Hutchie went away. Yep. So I sort of like stayed on the show but switched roles. So Caro came back and usually pre-show meeting, you know, you're sitting there being like, oh, well, and then, yeah, Sam's got a bit of stuff on this. And then oh, Caro might have an update on the Richmond. Caro's come in and it's like, so I think Stuart Jew's gone. It's like, oh, shit. Yeah. Hello. It's going to be a big show. Um, but you're never quite sure what they're going to say until they say it on air. And then she went with it and the whole, it just caught fire. So she committed to the month timeline, even though there was still mathematically a chance to make finals at that point. We spoke about it on this show last week and I was of the view that, and everyone at Gold Coast had been saying all along that we'll treat 2023 in the fullness of time at the end of the season, even though we had a contract for 24, but she committed to the month. And mm. six days later, they sack him in a board meeting last night when what the club says was a unanimous board decision. Yeah. It's the old, we fully support him until we don't. Yeah. That, there's never been a more classic example of this. Clearly, they didn't learn anything from the Port Adelaide loss that they didn't already know. Well, it was quarters, wasn't it? It, it was the one quarter against Carlton that cost them. They conceded yeah, but- seven goals in a quarter to Collingwood and then nine goals in a quarter to Port Adelaide. It was not just losses, it was- Bad losses. The lack of competitiveness. Yeah. And then the you know this, the other part to it has been the reaction initially from Caro's story. So you we know, were the, the denial yarns, the stuff coming out of the club, the reaction to Caro yeah. from the general media and the digital media was as close to embarrassing as it was going to get. And then the backtracking after she was proven to be correct. I mean, it's yeah, I haven't. To be honest, Mitch, this is one of the reasons I've given up on socials, and I don't read as much as I used to. I don't watch much footy TV anymore. Yeah. Because I used to get so entrenched in it and so caught up in it. And now, but it's just been, it's been a really disappointing week for, for journalism, I think. But the positive part of it was that Caro once again proven right. And I reckon I had that many mates, you probably would have been the same, reach out during the week. Oh, geez, Caro, is she sticking to her guns or, mm. you know, did she regret what she said? And breaking stories is kind of like set shot, set shot goal kicking. Like, nothing's a sure thing, but you've got people that are really good at it and you've got others where you don't know which direction it's going to go. And my reaction to Caro has always been the same. People are like, was she right? I don't know if she's right, but Mm. I'll tell you one thing, her record would suggest that she's going to be. And that's that's all it is. I always just find it remarkable that when people like Caro go hard on a story, they go after her and it becomes a personal game. Yeah. And I hate that part of our industry. And she's been proven right again. And where are all the apologies for the people that went after it? Like, invisible, gone, non-existent. This is, yeah. I, and I'm, 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 try, I'm trying to be diplomatic. Well, I was going to go through the timeline. She goes with it last Monday. And quite often when you break stories, 
it can actually have an impact on the timeline when the club announces it. So her going with that last Monday, the club could well have been ready to go in that time, even though the president did come back from overseas the following Sunday. But quite often when you break stories or a story of that magnitude, it, it can actually have, it back. It can have the impact. So yep. you thought, even though the loss on the weekend, maybe Caro, it could have been kicked down the road three, four, five weeks to prove yeah. the journo wrong. Yeah. But just back to the timeline. So last Monday she goes, was it footy classified? You and I recorded Tuesday. Stewie Duke came out very strongly via the Herald Sun on Tuesday saying that he had no awareness of this. The, cl- the players were backing him in. He felt the club was backing him in. Yeah. He, and then, fe- he felt personally targeted. Yeah. But at the end of the day, it was never going to be his decision. He had a contract for 2024, but given where the club was situated as an AFL handout club, yeah. the payout was minimal. For, for what he had owing for 2024, and it was not going to be up to him. Mark Evans comes out and backs him to a great degree on the Wednesday, but even then wasn't able to- He gave himself an out. Categor- he wasn't able to categorically say, had things taken a turn, that he'd be the coach long term. He said, come back and ask me. And it just took a week, and yeah. and now Stewart has gone. Yeah. It did also remind me that like how few people there are like Garrow that can properly go out on a limb, break a story, and prosecute it. And then stand by it. Do you know what I mean? Like, there's yeah, there's just such a level of respect for someone that's willing to. And there's been a few of them over the years. Like you worked with Damo for a long time. Mm-hmm. Damien Barrett was amazing. I, I got to work with Mick Warner. Yep. For a while, who's done it not just in footy, but he's done it in crime. He's broken gangland murder stories, and you know the people that are that are willing to put their name on the line and say, "I'm telling you that this is happening." And if you don't like it, well, I'm sorry about that, but this is my job. Yeah, shit, she's just, she's she's so good. Her and Mike Sheehan just, I reckon, have their own special place in being able to break pivotal footy stories. Yep. Should we talk about what it means for a trade sense now, given we are here? Yeah, let's do it. And everything we look through in a trade lens. I've got some good, I've got some good nuts and bolts. Yeah. Later as well. Gold Coast related? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm going to talk through, hopefully paint the picture of how difficult it's been for the Gold Coast Suns through through the Trojan horse of one particular player. Yep. Actually, before we get to specific trades, should we talk about the next coach? So Damien Hardwick is the clear out-and-out favourite. He'll coach. He'll Gold coach Coast. them. Yep. Chris Scott has been sort of linked in parts, but now the Cats are actually in conversations to extend him beyond 2024. I One thought maybe with his premiership and given where he got to in his last contract negotiations that he may not see himself as a career coach at Geelong. But and they given are in, the age profile of the Cats. Yep. yep. They are in talks down there for another extension beyond 2024 for and him. Yeah. So. Why wouldn't you if you were Geelong? Makes sense. Yeah. Um, so now Damien Hardwick comes back from Europe, you'd think in the next six or seven weeks, uh, most likely as their senior coach. As you mentioned on this show a few weeks ago when Damien first walked out of Richmond. He's got links everywhere on yes. the Gold Coast. Craig Cameron is the head of list management, was actually the man that appointed him when he was head of footy at Richmond. Picked over Ken Hinckley. Yep. Um, Wayne Campbell is the current head of footy mm-hmm. at Gold Coast, obviously Richmond captain. and um, was an assistant to under Hardwick when he first arrived at the club, yep, before, before he went, went to the, the AFL. AFL. Yep. yep. And the other factor here is- And Mark Evans. Yes, Yep. From their time at Hawthorne together. Yep. So people, had, yeah. Mark Evans was. I'm not sure his exact role at Hawthorne. He was essentially head of footy or head of coaching to, at one yeah, point. He had a specific then, role that was we'll call it, yeah, boss of footy. Yeah. When Clarko was coaching and Damien Hardwick was one of Clarko's right hand men alongside the likes of uh, what Brett Ratton, Leon Cameron, Adam Simpson. Yeah. All that sort of different standpoints. There's been some stars that come out of there. Yep. Luke Beveridge was there. Luke Beveridge. Um, one other layer to this is. The new AFL CEO, Andrew Dillon, comes in. Plenty on his plate. Tasmania, concussion. Yep. Yep. You know, the Hawthorne situation is still simmering. AFLW. In, in the background. AFLW, as you've written last week, is is a massive concern. But Gold Coast is one, given his start of tenure at, at the AFL. Gold Coast is going to need to get them right. Andrew Dillon, very, very close 
with Paul Connors, the manager of Damien Hardwick. Yes. Through their Xavier connection. Now, I don't think it's going to necessarily need to rely on that, given the links Damien's got up there. He said to Dill Buckley in this very studio a few weeks ago, he wants to return to coaching. And now Gold Coast is the most obvious and lucrative position left in the AFL. But that other layer in terms of ambassadorial money, you know, it was only 12 months ago, we were all talking about the links of Clarko up on the Gold Coast and whether the AFL could chip in a bit of ambassadorial money. Well, they were going to do more than that, weren't they? I mean, he was going to end up probably pocketing two million bucks a year when it's all said yeah. and done. Some of that in in the soft cap of the Gold Coast Suns yeah. and some of it not. Yeah, and then there's so some it's ne- going to be the similar thing offered. Similar thing, you would think if the AFL wants to make this get this right and appoint Damien Hardwick, given they are still have very strong hooks over what happens at Gold Coast. Let's be honest, the AFL. So I'm ju- I'm just cutting through what you're saying here. You're basically saying that it is it, it's it helps uh, grease the wheels. Yes. That the guy who is going to be running the AFL yep. and the guy who manages Damien Hardwick are as close we're as old schoolmates that have old Zavs connections yep. and will rely on each other for the deal that can be done. Essentially, yeah. I see where you're going. Yeah. Yep. Yep. If we're talking the similar mould to Clarko and the ambassadorial type of money. And there's relationships like this yep. everywhere in footy, isn't there? There is. Like Paul Connors wouldn't be the only person that Andrew Dillon has a close relationship no. with that, that he can help grease the wheels with some deals. I mean, yep. footy's like politics. Yeah. It's who you know and how to get things done. Yep. So just one other layer to consider given Cameron, Campbell, Evans, not to mention the players, Brandon Ellis, Marby or Chole. Players, you know, you've got Ben King on your whiteboard. Yeah. He jumps out to me now as a, as a big decision to make and another Connors client. Now, Connors managing Hardwick if he used to end up there <laughs> gives Ben King the best chance you would think as a triple premiership coach. Yep. The best chance of success. He's also got players like Noah Anderson, Alex Davies, Ben Ainsworth as among the Connor Sports stable. Where do you th- see things now with Ben King, given he's a contract of a 2024? Gold Coast tell us he's happy and maybe even open to an extension, but given they were saying just a week ago that they were happy with Stewie Jew as it sat, how do you believe things and where they go through from here? It's really difficult to know without knowing who's going to come in as coach. But yep. Ben would be hearing all the things that we're hearing. I would think the most likely outcome would be for Ben to re-sign before the start of next season for another two years, which takes him to the free agency point Okay, where he'd be a restricted free agent. Yep. He's on more than $800,000 now. Mm-hmm. He's not going to extend for anything less than that. No. Nor he should. It's really good money, but it's money he deserves. So I think he would re-sign for two more. He's contracted to the end of next year. They won't want him going into next year with just that final year on his contract. Mm-hmm. Who knows? Maybe they don't, we'll explore this later, but maybe they don't get dimmer. Who knows what's going to happen at Gold Coast. But yeah, I reckon you just wait and and see if the tide turns. Worst comes to worse, you end up being 25 out of contract and one of the most sought after key forwards in mm. the game. I, I think I think he's in an unlosable position. Yep. It feels that, like now, Tom now that's not to say that someone won't come for him. At the end of this year. But if I'm Gold Coast, if I'm Craig Cameron, I'm saying, boys, you could give us three first round picks. Yeah. We're not giving up Ben King because why would we? Like, we drafted him. Yeah. We've put five, six years of development into him. Mm-hmm. He's a key forward. They don't grow on trees. Why would we give him up for draft picks? Do you know what I mean? It's okay. like, yeah. Collingwood, do you want him? Yeah. We'll take Nick Dacos. Yeah. We, otherwise, why would we deal? Yeah. So without knowing, you know, exactly what's going to happen, oh, that would be my that would be where my safe money would yeah. be. Yeah, and footy changes, and players will pledge whoever their commitment to whoever the next coach is. That's just how footy works. If Damien Hardwick's appointed in six weeks' time, Ben King will, will back him in, no doubt, and, and want to well, play for him. If and when Damien Hardwick is appointed, I would think one of the first lattes that he's buying on the Gold yeah. Coast is for Ben King. The only factor I'm saying to this is that Ben King com- committed under Stewie Jew as the coach. Yep. 
same length of tenure until the end of 2024. It would be rich if Gold Coast would turn around and say, well, you know, you hold him to contract for this year. But beyond that, I think it's it's it opens up a can of worms around Ben King. Yeah, I, d- definitely. Yeah. But that's why, you know, the re-signings of King and I think Lukosius, who's what signed to the end of 2026. Yep. And Anderson, who re-signed just before the season started. Yeah, Real 2. Yeah. I mean, they're all, they've, they've done pretty well to lock in the ones that they need to keep, yep. haven't they? But I'm going to take you through a nuts and bolts the situation, which, you know, saw them give up a lot for a particular player at a time where they were mil- leaking players. So it's all about it's all about the context at the time, I reckon, with list management. But it's a fascinating time for for the Suns. Just some other names: Jeremy Sharp last year tried to get from Gold Coast to Freo. He was under contract at the time. Yep. that was knocked back on the final day. I would expect he would get back to WA if indeed that is his desire again at the end of this year. Sam Flanders is another player, first round pick out of contract at the end of this year. There'll be clubs lining up for him, given his, I guess, form in the last two or three weeks. Just a couple other names. Ben Ainsworth, who we mentioned a couple of weeks on the show, another Connors client. Think clubs who are already sort of sniffing around him, maybe able to ramp that up now, given the, the events of the last 24 hours. Mm. And then Elijah Hollands, another first-round pick, midfielder, been in and out of the side this year, contracted for one more season. I think he's a bit of a watch, given... Um, Do you the, like Hollands as a player? I think in his draft year, um, well, he came in off the, the ACL, but his form as a junior, he showed... Amazing traits, but just hasn't able to been able to get a consistent run at it there. Given the, I guess you could argue that Stewie Jew is pretty tried and true to his his midfield guys. Like you know, Matthew Lloyd put this on the radar earlier this year. Doesn't rotate as many mids through there as other clubs, so he just hasn't been able to get that midfield rotation through there. I think Hollands has got a big future in the game. Okay, as we've tended to do on tradies, when there's a big story breaking with one particular club, we try to thematically um, weave them in throughout the show because you know the Suns will be the big talking point for everyone who's getting their coffees and listening to us on the on the way in on the train or in the car or however you listen to your pod so let's get into the whiteboard Mitch yeah I want to talk about one of the guys on your whiteboard he's actually number two for you under Tom DeConing it's Dustin Martin now Richmond's adamant and all the talk out of Richmond is that he wants to stay at the Tigers and see out the contract for 2024 but if Dimar as we've discussed off the top ends up at Gold Coast the links are endless for Dusty so you think this will restart the conversation. I, I I think it has to because I I have I have tried my best to park this. Yeah. At the behest of at the request of some people in footy who I highly respect. Yep. That he's you know going to stay, which I absolutely believe them on Richmond are adamant that yeah he's going to stay. But yeah, I sort of appreciate that Hardwick, if and when he goes there, the links will be made, won't they? Yeah, and that's what we do on the, this show. The best mates that achieved premiership glory on three separate occasions, and the bloke has, happens to be the North yeah. Smith medalist in all three of them. I'm with you. I think if you fast forward to round one, 2024, Dustin Martin is still running out in a Richmond jumper, but here is our a win-win could eventuate. So Richmond don't have a first-round pick in this year's draft. They gave it up for Jacob Hopper. If the Tigers want to get into the draft, there's a pick on the Gold Coast right now that's there sitting to be waited waiting to be taken by a club. Currently on the ladder, it's currently pick six as it stands for Gold Coast and they need to get rid of that. Otherwise, it'll be absorbed. So the way these things work are, I'll take you back to the North Melbourne example. North Melbourne had Taron Thomas on the hook as an academy kid. They had a pick in the top 10. They got rid of it, flicked it for Jared Polwek because they knew if they had have kept that and taken it to the draft, when a bid came for Taron Thomas, it would be absorbed and that pick would just essentially evaporate. Yep. So right now, Gold Coast have pick six. There's a kid, as we've discussed on last week's show, Jed Walter, best key forward in it, probably goes pick two or three in the draft behind Harley Reid. If he comes with a bid for pick two or three, the first thing that happens at draft night is that pick six gets absorbed. So it gets taken off the board. What Gold Coast- Because of the points. Because of the point scenario. Yep. So you need this, a match. So this is where I reckon people get confused. Yeah. 
And a lot the, of our listeners will start thinking. So I'm trying to this simplify. Is where, this is where Micro Mitch really, really goes to work. Trying to simplify it. Gets the boxing gloves on. What clubs do, and and, go, and Western Bulldogs have done it in recent times with Sam Darcy, you take pick six, often you move it out, and you trade it for three picks in the 20s, which will add up to more points than pick six, and is a win-win, essentially. So you get rid of that pick, you trade it for more pick points later in the draft. Yep. If Dustin Martin was to want to go to Gold Coast. He's got one year left on his deal. There is a scenario where I could see something like this happening where Richmond don't have a first round pick. Pick six ends up at the Tigers. Gold Coast were to get Dustin Martin and two picks in the 20s and 30s. Now, Dustin Martin has $1.2 million or so owing on his deal next year at Richmond. I could see a scenario where it's a win-win where Richmond pay a third of that, so $400,000. Gold Coast take on Dustin Martin's deal at $800,000 and then smooth it out and maybe give him another $500,000 for 2025. So their outlay is 1.3. Dusty is getting 1.7 over two years. I like this. I'm hearing this for the first time. So And the Tigers get pick six. Pick six. Gold Coast get pick 26. This is via the current ladder. And, so what and does pick it, 45. And so they get pick six, and then what does it cost them in their cap? 400. It, it costs them- for, They're paying well, a third. One, so you said 400. So Rich, Richmond pay a third? Yeah. yeah. So, so I'm saying, what does it cost Richmond? It costs them 400,000. 400, for one year. Yeah, and they end up with pick six. Yeah, well, it's it's just it's a no brainer, isn't it? And then Gold Coast get a marketable superstar with links to the, what is more likely than not their new coach in Dustin Martin. They save a bit of money, they smooth it out. So instead of having to pay him one point two million dollars for one year, they're paying him one point seven over two. And you could you can you can manip- manipulate the money. Richmond could tip in more than you know four hundred. It could be five or six depending on the machinations of the deal. Mm. Gold Coast offload their first round pick that's going to get sucked up in the draft anyway. Get a couple of picks in the 20s. Anyway, just wanted to consider. I like it. I don't actually have one to add to the whiteboard this week. I know you've got a couple, but I just wanted to talk about, we should probably talk about the one I added last week. This was sitting item 1A in the rundown before. Before Stuart Jew got sacked. <laughs> yeah. And I've been looking forward to this moment all week. All right. Well, you go, you go for your life. I'm, I'm not. I'll answer anything you want to ask me as honestly as I can. So we left the studio last week. You'd mentioned that Razio Fantasia was an option for clubs coming out of contract. Yeah. And that he is more likely than not not to be at Port Adelaide next year, given yep. he's stuck in the sandful, he's had his body dramas, and that clubs were starting to inquire as to whether he could be an option for them. Mm-hmm. You, next day after our show, wrote that he had an interest in joining Essendon, had spoken with the current captain, Zach Merritt, mm. and it was something for Essendon to ponder. Mm. It's, all, it's all accurate so far. He goes on radio <laughs> the next day and says this on 5AA. Talk, though, that has linked you back to Essendon. What did you make of that when that story came out? Yeah, I, I actually thought it was a joke because... I got that message, a message from Sam who was writing the article um, saying that he'd spoken to my manager, Michael, who's no longer my manager, um, and I'm going to write the story. So I thought it was one of the boys just taking the piss out of me. It wasn't. It's gone everywhere. So that was a bit of a laugh. But I mean, I know where I want to want to be, um, but I'm also a realist and know that I haven't played enough football at Port Adelaide for them to, you know, be dishing me out a four-year contract, which is where I, where I want to play my footy. But, um, you know, I'm, I'm just focusing on getting back and, and playing footy and hopefully I can, can help from the back end of the year and, and the contract will take care of itself. With my mate Tom Wren. Tommy Wren, one of the crackers in the industry. One, one of the all-time grades. I want to know, yes, from when we left the studio last Tuesday to you writing, what has taken place, please? What do you mean? I need, well, more, I need a more specific question. You can't just open envy like that. No one get it. Well, you've, you've contacted Arazio? Yeah. Well, I, I think I've said on this on this show yeah. before that I, when I write these sort of stories, like it's different for every every player. But you know, if I've got 
a really close relationship with the player manager of a player that I'm writing about. I'll probably just ring them mm-hmm. and say, hey, look, uh, you know, this is, I'm writing about Mitch Cleary. I know, you know, you and I are pretty close. Got to relate. This is what I'm writing. And I'll always contact managers of players I'm writing about. But now I try to go the step further and contact players. It's not difficult to get someone's phone number. Yeah. Right. If you really want a phone number enough. Well, given the heights you mentioned a few episodes ago, you're scaled <laughs> to get numbers in, on the international scale. Lachlan Murdoch's number was really tough <laughs> to find. In the end. So finding get it, back to you? Finding it, no, didn't get, didn't get a text back. Left on red. Should have voice memoed. Um, <laughs> oh, I've got fo- some juicy voice memos later. Excellent. Finding Erasios wasn't tough. And yeah. I, I um, had a number for Zach, and so I just messaged them both. Hey, I'm writing an article about Erasio trying to get back to Essendon. You're both named in it. That was a different, separate message for each of them. I'm just saying like. Yeah. Um, and oh, I thought it was doing the I'm right thing. I'm fascinated by this, and the listeners are. So- yeah, we we came to hear. Well, sorry, what, I tried. I tried down. calling them both. Yep, didn't answer. I think Arazio went straight to voice message, and then I texted them both because players read text. Yeah, the modern day player don't not listen to voicemails. Yeah, spoke to Zach at length. Didn't quote him. Didn't go on the record, but just he. I think he was grateful that I rang him, and then didn't speak to Arazio. Didn't get back to me, which is fine. And then I spoke to. I reached out to his manager, who I thought was his manager, Michael Dowdy, yep. former Adelaide Crow, and he said, "No, I don't manage him anymore. It's actually this." And I d- didn't know. And by the time I had. So you texted Arazio already? Yeah, I already texted saying I've reached out to Michael and yep. then eventually spoke to him. And then you just heard that audio. So I can, I'm can i not positive whether I have to – every time I message a player, do I now have to say at the end of it, <laughs> sign off with, by the way, this is not a prank? Well, I'm, not sure, player, I'm not sure I have to do that. But like – Just so the players out there listening, that, there would be some that consume the show. Give us the last three digits so just so they know if a Sam McClure call is coming in. 881. There we go. Just keep your eye out for that number coming in. <laughs> that is a verified Sam McClure. <laughs> Um, no, like Erasio's entitled to his opinion. He also said in that audio that you just heard, like he's no, if he wants to stay at Port Adelaide, he needs to get fit. Yeah. So I'll do what Robert Walls and I'll ask myself some questions. Do I think Erasio Fantasia will be at Essendon next year? No, I don't. Yeah. Do I think he'll be at Port Adelaide next year? No, I don't. So okay, it'll just be interesting to see where he ends up. But if you are asking me whether it is true and accurate that Erasio Fantasia has reached out to people at Essendon in order to inquire about coming back, the answer is yes. Okay. What is in Arazio's interest? And, and this is what the people listening to our show will be thinking right now. What's in his interest to not deny that? Because at the time when he it's originally- it's, it's, Why would you tell Well, it's already the, why, out there. Why would you tell the truth? He's he's already put it out there once before. But he's but yeah, but he's got games left for Port Adelaide where he can prove himself. It's not in his interest to be like, yeah, I've inquired about getting back to Essendon because I can't get a game at Port or I can't get my body right. Like, why would he say that? You can answer in a different way into- I agree. I agree. But, you know, until you're, in, until you're put in that position- yeah. I always understand. Like, let's say I've written 100 trade stories in my journalistic career. I reckon of the 100, 85 of them, the people that I've been writing about would have come out and denied it. Yeah. Whether it be the player or their manager. that's They're entitled to do that. It's their careers. It's their livelihoods on the line. I don't take offense at that at all. I yeah. just thought it was funny that he yeah. thought it was a prank. <laughs> And I'm putting this in the What con- player is is creating a prank where they're they're they're, they're impersonating hey, a journalist? I had a, t- I had a fake tweet written about me. So. Yeah, good point. Um, I'm only putting this in the context of when he originally. I still remember I was working at the AFL Media at the time, AFL.com.au, with Mark McGowan, who wrote the oh, story. Oh, the Mark McGowan story. I remember this. Who's now at the age? Now at the age, writing his his weekly trade con for the age and yep. doing other great things with them. He wrote that with a year to run on his contract, Orazio Fantasia. Currently at Essendon, and would be a, open to a move back to South Australia. This is a big story at the time because he was yeah. playing good footy. Yeah, he was top ten in the BNF, I think, in the yep. at the time of this. Arazio came out and smashed the story at the time. Yeah, I remember the doorstop. Were you there at the doorstop? No, I wasn't. Day? I remember no. watching it. Okay. It was in d- dark, Tullamarine. Yeah, few cameras there, and then requested a trade. Not that year. I think he may have sort later. of inquired at the time, but a year later, 
tried to get back mm. and got back. Yeah. In fact, very similar stories around him and Joe Danaher. Yeah. Because then both of them didn't end up leaving until the next year because Danaher's tray got blocked That's in right. Sydney. He ended up at Brisbane. Yeah. Fantasia ended up staying another year at Essendon and then eventually got back to Port. Yeah. So, yeah, I mean, it's we're not curing cancer, are we? It's all fun and games. Nah. At the end. <laughs> We like players having. So I just thought I'd, I'd steal an Adam Simpson line from a few <laughs> weeks ago. Do you have you sensed in the week? Because often when you write a story, other things come to you around that same topic. Have you sensed other interest or clubs that might fit the bill for Razio next year? I just think there'll be a whole host of clubs who wait until late in the trade period. Yeah, he's out of contract. No one would would be silly enough to offer up anything decent because they'll just wait to see what the appetite is. Yeah, you know it's uh, it's it's blood thrown in the water with a whole bunch of sharks circling the trade period, really. Mm. And it's just who can strike at the right time. I liked Matthew Lloyd's suggestion of given his body history and given if he's out of contract that there may not be suitors throwing themselves at him right now to give him a preseason and see in February or March if he gets through that yep. to take him on. You got anyone else for the whiteboard? Got a couple of things I want to add to the whiteboard. Todd Goldstein. Ooh. Dropped on the weekend for North Melbourne. Second time because he got dropped Yeah, round one, didn't he? Obviously, the Roos are... Big fans of Tristan Cherry. Take you back a couple of years ago, he tried to get a trade from North to St Kilda. And that was knocked back. Now, and since that, the Roos have re-signed Tristan Cherry to the club. Comes back through the VFL. Only needed two games and he's straight back into the ones. And they dropped Todd Goldstein, who turned 35 only a week ago. So Happy birthday. Happy birthday to Todd. But finds himself out of North Melbourne's best 22 at a time when they drop Jack Zebel to sub. They're crying out for experience. They go down the highway and get hammered by a Geelong team. You think experience might have suited them for a game like that, but they decided to drop him. He's a whiteboard item because if they're dropping him off two games for Tristan, Tristan Cherry in the VFL, what does next year look like for Todd Goldstein? He's come out and said he's open to playing on next year and, and would be interested in extending his career. I just think, is there a club out there like Port Adelaide who have got their own concerns around the rucks? Collingwood, with we saw the hole they were put in a few weeks back. Is there a club in the window that could Geelong. offer Todd Goldstein... Geelong, yep, a one-year deal and say give us 12 of your best games next year. You may not play every game. You might have to go through the twos at times. St Kilda? Yep. St Kilda if they don't end up with De Koning or yeah. they just think, hey, we just want a guy to chop out Marshall for 30% perfect, of the time. Perfect example. And and help coach him in his, through his next level. Like Marshall looks like he's going to be a star. He's a smoky yep. for all Australian. Yeah. I think I think it's a great whiteboard item and I think there are so many teams out there that could use him for – like if, if you've had a look at his, um, his record – Mm. of how many games he plays most years. It's almost inconceivable that a bloke at that age, like yeah. he just keeps playing every time that he's available. Yeah. Very rarely gets sidelined through injury. Loved at the club, ultimate preparer, you know, great, great off the field. Has had his chances to chase success and hasn't? Well, so I was just going to ask you that. So my my mind goes back to he definitely had a chance to join GWS. Early days? A while ago. Yeah. And I reckon he had a chance to go to the Gold Coast as well around that time. And then he definitely got chased by Geelong. Geelong had a dip, I think. They they definitely inquired. I don't know how down the line it got or those sorts of things, but there was a level of interest there. Yeah. And the time the Giants went after him was when they were when they were building. Remember, they had Mumford, mm-hmm. but they didn't really have another recognized Ruckman. The Ruck stocks for the Giants have been a problem for yep. a long time, in fairness. So yeah, oh, he's absolutely worth worth a dip from another club. It's not going to cost you much. Well, it's going to well, cost you nothing. Yeah, no one's, no one's going to give anything for him. He's 30, no, thirty five and salary as well, not much. Yeah, but he's not contract for next year. He's, no, he's out. Yeah, yeah. yeah. so he, he'd have to take a haircut on whatever he's being paid. Yeah, but I think he'd be willing to do that. He's a pretty savvy guy. Yeah, that's a good one. Todd Goldstein on the whiteboard. Another one in the rucks is Ivan Soldo. Oh, you know, you've gone tall this week. It's yeah, like two hundred plus sort of areas. <laughs> Has been on the two hundred plus podcast. Good podcast for those wanting a different podcast, but 
make sure you don't sacrifice hours to listen to that. Sort of been forgotten a bit with Samson Ryan coming in, playing forward ruck yes. and Toby Nankervis. I think Ivan Soldo's got a three-week job interview for 17 clubs right now. So Nankervis, that is a good question. He's one of those guys that because he feels like he's been around for so long, Soldo. 27. Yeah, see, but he probably feels like he's 30, doesn't it? So he's a great age. Yeah. And that's, prime that's not a crack at the way you look, by the way, Ivan. <laughs> you, you look like a young man. I'm just saying, feels like you've been around longer. Premiership player in 2019. Yep. Um, he's played the last three or four games in the VFL. So He'd be way too good for the VFL, wouldn't yeah, he? Yeah, he's probably the best player not playing AFL at the moment. Premiership player, toured, gold, uh, toured the Giants last year with mm. Richmond's blessing. Remember as part of the Jacob Hopper deal? Yeah, I do, and then it fell through. And it fell through around, I think around the salary concerns, or not concerns, but the issues and the dealings yep. at the, the Giants. It just wasn't going to work in the end. So he stayed at the Tigers, and he's got a deal for 2024 still. Okay. But given the Tigers were open to him looking around last year, you know, as the clubs we just mentioned, St Kilda, Collingwood, Port Adelaide, does the next three weeks put him back on show for the competition given in this year, looking at it, he's only played one game. It was the loss to Richmond in round seven mm. with Nan Curvis suspended for the next three matches. I like it. One other one is- You've gone again on the whiteboard. Yeah. Just yeah, a little, whiteboard. little trio. Tyler Brockman at Hawthorne. Oh, what are you doing to Hawthorne fans? They're not going to lose him, are they? They weren't happy actually last week. I put this up on uh, actually Trade Talk on uh, on Friday Night Footy, Tyler Brockman. What's Trade Talk? It's the segment post game on a Friday night. Oh, that's why I've never seen it. Yeah. Okay. You're not watching Friday Night Footy? I watch Friday Night Footy until Friday Night Footy stops and then I go to bed or watch something else. Roaming Brian's the best segment on TV. In fairness, that is 100% accurate. It's the most watchable TV almost of the week. (laughs) Stick around another 15, 20 minutes after. You'll get a little 60 second hit from. Yours truly. Do you get like do you do you get an extra rate for working in the middle of the night? You know how like if you used to work shifts at well you probably didn't, but like oh, I remember I had to work like bartending shifts and if, yeah. you, if you start after a certain time I was you get, a, um, get extra like I was a bussy in a nightclub. Were you? Which yeah. nightclub? Toast nightclub in Geelong. <laughs> it's the underground one in Geelong. Oh, it's, don't look at me as <laughs> if I've been to... What's it called? Toast. It was called Toast. It's not called that now. It's a good name for a nightclub. Yeah. You feel like Toast when you come out of it. Jeez, I never thought I'd mention that on this show. Tyler Brockman, Hawthorne, out of contract this year. WA kid, very strong family links back there. Right. Weighing up his future. Hawthorne, hope he can stay. And I think it's still a chance he does stay at the Hawks, but uh, I think there's strong family links back in WA for him to consider his future right now. West Coast would be West- crying out for a player like this. 21, 22. Jeez, you'd, want to be, you'd want to be really homesick to leave Hawthorne for West Coast. 20. He's only 20. You really want you'd like, it's a big move, isn't it? Well, back home. Yeah, but Hawthorne will be building something. Yeah, he could be a ten-year player. Yep. What 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 would he be worth? Well, that's the fascinating thing. What would what would his vague trade value be worth for, to a team like Hawthorne, who need players like that to stay? Only you could argue he's in their top handful of most talented players in that age bracket. Yeah, I think that's probably right. What what, what early was he? second rounder? What was he in the draft? Pick forty-six in the twenty twenty draft. Drafted out of Subiaco. So he's played. So this is his third year. Yeah, he's about to turn twenty-one. Mm-hmm. I would be taking. Uh, yeah, if West Coast are asking for him, I'd be wanting pick nineteen. Yeah. Have they got a second round pick? They do. Yeah. Yeah. Nothing else. But given he's out of contract and the Eagles will have the first pick in the mid in the preseason draft. They're not going to walk him. There's always that threat. Yeah, there is. But geez, if I'm Hawthorne, I'm I'm doing everything to keep him. Yeah. Right. Like I said, every chance still to stay at the Hawks. He's weighing up his future. There is a strong family link back to WA. Wouldn't rule out the Dockers either, but I just think given the the draft assets they've given up last year for Luke Jackson. If it was to be a move home, the Eagles would be well positioned. You'd rather go to Freo. You would. They're closer to a flag. I'd rather play next to Jackson and Amiss yeah. and Walters. Schultz is a good player. Schultz is a good player, yeah. So just one to watch in the next few weeks. Okay. Some good whiteboarding. 
from you. Let's do nuts and bolts. Lockie Weller. Yes. So a guy that doesn't necessarily, when you say Lockie Weller, you don't think A-grade superstar, which we talk a lot about in nuts and bolts, but important when talking about the Gold Coast Suns and the history of trade for them. Because what Lockie Weller represents and is, symbol- is symbolic of, emblematic of, is that it's very difficult for Gold Coast to get players into the club from yep. other clubs. They've relied heavily on the early draft concessions that, that the AFL has given them and then the draft picks that they the high draft picks that they get from good players leaving. Yep. But in 2017, a situation presented itself, which basically meant that Gold Coast had a player who had links to the, to the state of Queensland, both family and also partner, and wanted to join their club. And that was Lockie Weller. So taken at pick 14 back in 2014, only played a few games in his first year, then didn't miss a game for years two and three. Looked like he was turning into a really slick halfback flanker for Fremantle. Then says, under contract, hey, I want to come home. Sort of. Home, you know, not absolutely home, but some real links on the Gold Coast. Because it was a Tassie links as well? Yes, but I'm not sure which side of the family that was. But he had, I think, a parent living on the Gold Coast, at yeah. least one, and his girlfriend, yeah. who was living with him, WA, was from the Gold Coast. Yep. So Freeman will then say, okay, cool, we want pick two. To which Gold Coast response is, okay, well, you know, you're obviously going to ask for pick two, and that's cute, and thanks very much, but we're obviously not going to give you pick two. Freeman, who is being run by Brad Lloyd, their list manager, who's obviously now head of football at Carlton, and Ross Lyon, and the CEO, Steve Rossich, so some good experience there, went to the board and said, we just, you know, we, we need you to know what's going on. Can we have it ticked off on the board that we're not actually giving Lockie Weller unless it's pick two? And so they had all the leverage. And they said, hey, you're welcome to Lockie Weller. The only thing that we, we're trading for him is pick two. Gold Coast tried all sorts of different things. They traded with West Coast to get an extra second round pick. There was talks around getting Nathan Wilson from GWS and making him part of the trade. Didn't work out at all. So it got late to it, and they folded. Yeah, I remember this. It was the last day, wasn't it? It was the last day. It was the last a couple of hours of the trade period, and they went, we, we just can't afford to have a player identify us as as the club of, of choice. We're not a destination club, and then not get the deal done. Fremantle knew it. And they played it beautifully. But Mark Evans and Gold Coast said, well, we had to do it. Because if you look at, they had just lost Omira and Presia. Mm. That was the year before. And then this trade period, that they're losing Saad and Ablett. Ablett going home was huge, given that he was their captain, had tried to leave the year before. They blocked it and left again. So the prospect of getting someone in who was- And how often do they have guys knocking on their door? Yeah, exactly. And this this kid's 20, right? And it looks like he's going to be a really good player. They give him a five-year deal at a bit over 800 grand. Yeah, it's good cash. 2018, first year at the Gold Coast Suns. Finishes third, the best and fairest, behind Jared Harbrow. It's how good is this going? Yes, we gave pick two, but we've had a, a lot of high draft picks. We need ready-made players. This is it. 2019, doesn't finish in the top 10. Plays 17 games. 2020, finishes seventh from 17 games. 2021, he only plays 13 games, doesn't finish top 10. 2022, last year, only plays 11 games through injury, doesn't finish top 10. Did his ACL. Yeah. Now, it's difficult to just label that a failure, even though the numbers would suggest that you don't give pick two. The deal in its totality, by the way, ended up being Weller and pick 41 for pick two and Brandon Matera, okay. who was going home to Western yep. Australia and didn't do much for the fish for Fremantle, um, in, in fairness to him. But therein lies what I've just talked about. One of the big problems for the Gold Coast Suns, they draft talent, they lose talent. You know, look at that. They lose co-captains in Lynch and May. They lose Presti, who goes on to win three flags somewhere else. They lose O'Meara, who 
you know, was good player at Hawthorne, has been a good player at Fremantle. Mm -hmm. They lose Saad, who's also on to his third club, and Ablett. There's a list, as long as my arm, you could talk about, about blokes that left. But in order to get someone coming the other way, you have to pay even more of a premium for it. I mean, this is a footy club that has has really struggled to get players in the door and to hold on to them. Do you think there should be an allowance given for clubs like Gold Coast? I think so. Yeah, and, and look, controversially, and I know I'm in the minority here, I, I think Cola should still exist for both Sydney I'm with you on that. and GWS. You know, for, it's just- uh, Agreeing is not good podcasting, but I'm actually with you on that. Yeah, I, I, we are a national game that is trying to develop not just players, but clubs in parts of the, the country that are not necessarily football heartland. The Gold Coast is that. I mean, it's in rugby league heartland, same as GWS in Western Sydney. You go to go to Sydney at the moment, if there's a blockbuster at the SCG, they're still talking about what's going on in rugby league. Yeah. Like it's, we, we, we've got to make sure that we support the national game. And I was thinking about this today, actually. Has the old cola been almost replaced by the ambassadorial deal? It it has, but it's, it's not quite the same because- the ambassadorial money only ends up helping the stars. Where, the AFL where, could argue, well, that's almost the goal. Yeah, but, but Cola also helps you keep your, your mid-rangers. Yeah. That, oh, well, you know, I'm getting 450 here, which but it's really expensive, but I can get 600 to go home. Mm. You know, I, I think I think we need to help the northern states, personally. Yeah. Like that, that, that story about Lockie Weller. Like, it's a great example. So, Mitch, no- no disrespect to Lockie Weller, who I think is a fine footballer, but you don't give pick, pick two. To and, eight, and 800 grand a year. You don't give pick two to Lockie Weller. Yeah. You give pick two to Patrick Dangerfield. Yeah. You give pick two for Chris Judd. Yeah. You give pick two for Dustin Martin. Like you want ready-made inside, outside, midfield stars who lead mm. your footy club, not halfback flankers. Yep. And just to finish off on that, the Dockers went and used that on Andy Brayshaw. It kills you. They had their own concerns around the go-home factor, but given Andy Brayshaw's family mark – a yep. WA local who moved to Victoria. Yep. There's family links all the way through WA for the Brayshaws. So that was actually and seen as a safer pick for Frio yeah, at the time. Yeah, and remember Brayshaw said, don't, don't worry about the go-home factor for me. Just yeah. dra- dra- I want to captain your footy club. Like yeah. he, said, he said that early. And Frio copped a lot of shit at the time in that period for drafting Brayshaw, Sarong, Chera, Chera because yeah. of the worry about the go-home factor. Well, it's sort of been vindicated to a point. Like Chera left. To mm. come home and it looks like he's going to be a best and fairest winner at another club. But geez, Brayshaw and Chera look pretty good. Yeah. That's a risky take. You spoke about the Trojan horse in Lockie Weller. There's other examples on their list. That's obviously the headline one. But Brandon Ellis yeah. was offered probably 30% more to go to Gold Coast than what he would have been offered at Richmond to stay after two flags. It yep. was 600 by five years. And, and Carlton was circling at the same time, right? Yeah. Yeah. Sort of fell over, but then the Gold Coast offer was just unmatchable. Blew them out of the water. Yeah. Even Marby or Chole. Now, I don't claim to know exactly what he's on, but it'd be much more lucrative. And it was a four-year deal. He's actually still playing in the VFL, which is probably flown under the radar as part of all this Gold Coast scenario. They gave him a four-year deal. And Atkins got a five-year deal as well. Yeah, that was well, that stands out like a sore thumb. Yep. He was pretty good on the weekend in a loss, but yeah. yeah. He got given a five-year deal. He's not on heaps of money. I don't, I don't no, think. that's He's the other. less than 600 grand. Yeah. but Maybe a sore pinky, not a thumb. Yeah. But that is the price of doing business on the Gold Coast. I'm with you. I think there should be some sort of layer of extra compensation to look after these guys because that's what you simply have to do. And this is why the, the AFL was so strong on trying to get Clarko there last year. And this is why Damien Hardwick will end up there this year because having a name with premiership success in your CV at the club helps with this sort of stuff. They, you know, Hopefully no longer in the future will they have to be bent over in trades to get players who want to come there. Hopefully players won't leave 
Like, I don't know if you caught a couple of weeks ago what Brad Scott said about Mason Redmond and Darcy Parrish. You get asked on Triple M about what they wanted, you know, what was the sell? And he basically said, look, you know, I've always been of the opinion, you either want to say you don't. Yeah. Like, if you want to say, great, we want you to be part of it and here's what we think you can do for us. But if you're having second thoughts, just go. Yeah, he's, what was his words? I don't need to blackmail, blackmail them emotionally. Emo- yeah. Like, he's flipped the script there suddenly. Yeah. Now, winning helps everything. Yeah. But it's like, hey, guys, look, I've got a pretty good record. I took North Melbourne, who weren't that good, to consecutive prelims. I feel like we're building pretty something pretty special here. If you, you want on board, here's your ticket. If not, you can wait for the next train. Yeah. I, I love that. Because all of a sudden, as a player, I'm going, shit, maybe maybe I don't want to miss out. Whereas the Gold Coast, everyone's, they're like the clown at the at the circus. Where you put the table tennis ball in. Like, they're all looking around. Why wouldn't you? But I tell you what, what if, if Dimmer gets there, yeah. and they won't look around for as much longer. And this year, this could be their... Petrarca Oliver draft in I oh know they came over two separate drafts, but this could be their Petrarca Oliver crew in Jed Walter, who's going to go top three. Yeah, Ethan Reed and Jake Rogers, who are seen as top fifteen shots. Yeah, and another two hundred centimeter ruck forward and a yeah. and a small forward there. And Will Graham, who impressed on the weekend in the Allies win. That's pretty. It's pretty impressive. The Allies beating you know Vic Country and the rest of the yeah, but they, crew on the weekend. They just need to start winning games. Yeah, this this is the thing. And if Dimmer does come in, he won't be a new coach that's afforded a lot of time. As in, he will be for Premiership success. But he won't be afforded a lot of time for... Like, they came out today and said, we think we've got a really good list. That was their words. We think we've got a really good list. Mm. So if, if Dimmer gets there, he's going to be expected to move up the ladder pretty quickly yep. and deliver pretty quickly. And that's one of the fascinating parts of it. That's it for Nuts and Bolts. Please uh, contact us on socials or contact Mitch on socials, so I don't have them, uh, or at Tradies Podcast. If you've got any suggestions or any any play you would like to hear the backstory of their trade or even a blocked trade. Mm-hmm. We've been through a few now, but yep. there's so many more we've got on our yes. secret whiteboard at the back. Yes. So there you have it, nuts and bolts. Let's move into a, a segment that's creating its own, and that is voice messages. I think the first is uh, is on the issue of the Gold Coast Suns, and it's from Daniel. Hey, guys, just wondering in the Suns case, going into the trade period, what is it like without a head coach being able to input into what you're choosing, who you're trading away, especially now that we have three possibly under 20 draft picks available for us? Thanks. Great question, Daniel. Good question, yeah. Do you want to start? It's problematic at times because the coach and the role you get is probably the biggest pitch along with the cash and the, the contract length. But mm. the role you're getting is as important as anything when you go to a footy club and not having a coach there and the game plan and the idea and the white – you know, they love rolling at their whiteboard and, and plonking the player where they see them on the magnet board. That's important, I think. And the late – appointments of coaches hinders that. Look at Essendon last year with Brad Scott. They didn't really get to work on a great deal last year. Mm. This year, you expect Essendon to be busier. They've had 12 months under Brad Scott to, to work out what's going on. Let's call a spade a spade here. I, I don't know where, where Damien Hardwick is right now. If he's on a romantic balcony in Cinque Terre looking looking out onto the ocean, you know, just opened a bottle of Tempranillo, he's got Gold Coast list in front of him. He's taking notes. Like, yeah. he just is. Because yeah. blokes like him and Clarko, they're career coaches. They're constantly looking at ways that they could improve players, ways that they could help. Like, But if you're Craig Cameron and the list manager at Gold Coast and the head of footy, Wayne Campbell, and the CEO, Mark Evans, yeah. you can't use Dimmer as a, as, in, as a perspective to clients just yet, can you? No, not just yet. But he's away, we told, six or seven more weeks. Mm. I mean, you and Tom are the, the travel watchers. They've got seven more games. Clearly, Damien's going to be interviewed over Zoom by someone. Before he touches back into- Has to Victoria. be. That just, just has to be. Like, I just think there might be a level of distance given his relationship with Stewie Jew. They might be just waiting the fullness of time. Could be wrong. What, because they're premiership teammates? And very close. Nah, Mitch, I think all, all due respect to friendships and relationships, we're talking about a billion dollar industry here. Mm. Stewie had six years. He'll, he'll get more job. He'll get another job in footy. Much loved by everyone. But he's gone now. 
You know, like the club has to move on. They, they, they haven't played finals. It has to be about he, he'll success. Be, he'll be back before round 24. And don't, just don't, just pray, pray you don't hear a story or you don't report a story that it's uh, Damien Hardwick has been asked to go through a process. <laughs> just give him the job. Don't you know ask him to go through a process. Just say, hey, do you want the job? Yes, I do. You've got it. Thank you. We'd like you. We, we, we will pay for you to, this- to fly back first class two weeks earlier than expected because we want you to start working on the future. And mm. the future is the upcoming trade period. It has to be that. Like it just has to be. So on, on Daniel's question, it is, to your point, problematic if you don't have one, which is why they need to get one yeah. soon. Yeah, I think you need someone locked in for the start of finals. Yeah. Well, seven weeks. Yeah. They, they have, they've got seven weeks to employ a coach. It has to be done earlier than that. Has to be. Yep. Oh, to, to sound less convincing. <laughs> Goodness gracious. No, no, I just, I, I'm with you in, in most scenarios. I just think the timing, timing on this one will be delicate given Dewey and Dimmer's relationship. Have you been to Cinque Terre? I have. Very nice. Not in the summer though. I went in winter. Is it Clanger? <laughs> was it sig- How do we travel? Was it significantly cheaper in winter? <laughs> yes. <laughs> oh, that's great. Thank you, Daniel. Let's go to Hayden. Hi, guys. Long time, first time. Enjoy the pod. Um, just looking at North Melbourne with the back line currently a rabble. Um, and unfortunately, Griffin Lowe doing his knee. Mackay looking like he's looking to explore free agency and leave. What experienced keybacks might we be looking at? Um, one I've got in mind is Denver Granger Barras, potentially from Hawthorne. Obviously, young contracted. We'll have to force a trade with that. But from a free agent, which isn't going to cost anything, Duday or Himmelberg, potentially. Um, I know personally I'd be matching Mackay's uh, offer and forcing a trade with a club, whether it's Essendon or whoever it may be, but can't be going into round one 2024 with Aiden Core and Bonner as the key backs and also potentially from a small backman who might be some key targets. Um, ball use is something that's really got to be used. I'm big on that. Thanks, Hayden. So just to go, so the the starting back six, Mitch, that played Geelong on the weekend from the back pocket: Cor, Logue, Mackay, Thomas, Sheasel, McDonald. Mm. So yeah, your core needs to be a second or third key tool. Yep. Logue's out for the year. I think his best position is forward anyway, but that's probably besides the point. Mackay, I think, will leave. Great point as to whether you'd force a trade or not. Thomas, you can't rely on. Plus, probably doesn't play at half back. Sheasel's the one that you lock in there as the distributor. I think Sheasel ends up his career as a forward half player, just a matter of whether that's next year or not. Yeah, I agree with that. And the Clarko... McDonald's a captain, been around for a while. Zebel was the sub, has been playing back. Yeah. So Zebel out of contract, they've got a decision to make there. What do you think? It's not a good sign you're getting made sub in round 17, 18, mm. but they might just see it as an experienced player. They need to keep him around. So Clarko, assuming Clarko comes back yeah. and coaches, which you know we're all led to believe will happen, Clarko has a history of liking defenders who kick the footy really well. Distributors. Do I think Hayden might have used well, that word? And Taron Thomas- Sheasel is that. Like yeah. Sheasel's a nice kick. Thomas was his project at the start of the year before yeah. he was lost to the system for a bit. Yeah, it's just hard to rely on whether Thomas is going to be available or not. Like Core's not a great kick. Mackay might not be there. McDonald's a good kick, but- coming towards the end, further towards the end than, than the start. So on the question of Granger Barras, I don't want to sit on the fence here, but Granger Barras hasn't been able to get a game for Hawthorne. Yeah. He only came in on the, on the weekend. And they've been playing him forward in the twos. Yeah. They're concerned with how little he finds the footy, um, which isn't necessarily rare for a young key, but I, I, I wouldn't be going after someone who's unproven at AFL level, personally. I, as in, I would rather have a crack at the draft than trade for Granger yeah. Barras. I've got two names for you in terms of a key back, ready-made love, experience. Love this. Adam Tomlinson, we spoke about a few weeks ago on this show. Yeah. He's got one year remaining on good money at Melbourne. They're happy to trade him. He'd be open to a move. Mm. If North could come with two or three years. How old's Tomlinson? He'd be 30. 30. Yeah. Mm. 
ready made. You know he can play twenty games for you. In oh that. yeah, I, look, if I'm yeah thirty, mm. mm. and the other one at Port Adelaide that's been forgotten a bit, ruled out for the season with a back injury is Tom Cleary. Um, yeah, it's been forgotten about. You're it right. was a long time part of that back six. Um, Trent McKenzie's now a mainstay there. They went and got a Lear a Lear. They've been heavily linked to Ben Mackay and uh, Asava Adeglia at Geelong. I think if either of those guys were to come in at Port Adelaide, Radaglia or Ben Mackay, I think a Cleary, who's contracted until the end of 2025, Sam, is an option that clubs would consider as, as a ready-made. Now, he's not a key, key back. He's more of a core, so it should be a second or third, but could be a uh, could be a consideration. If they lose Mackay, they're going to be on paper worse next year than this year. They are, and Logue's out for 12 months. It's a real concern for him. It is, yeah. Yeah, there's another name at Gold Coast, Caleb Graham. But they just re-signed him, didn't they? They did, but... Not that that you, know, not that you can't get around that. Yeah. Um, but, so, but, yeah, the, the key backs uh, is an issue. Just on Mackay... Your $800,000 man, yep. yes. He's going to go one or two ways. Either he gets a short-term deal on big money, like the Danaher one. That is the blueprint in terms of working around the system. Big cash, shorter-term deal... Triggers a first-round compo pick. There is no way that Brad Scott is going to allow that to happen. Brad Scott? Well, if he goes to Essendon. But what if they get Ben McCoy for nothing rather than, let's say Essendon come with a five-year deal at 600 and that's a second-round compo. North will say, hang on, we're not taking a pick in the 20s. We'll just match the bid. They've got more salary cap room than anyone, North Melbourne. Yeah, I'm just saying I don't think Essendon are going to create a circumstance which gives North Melbourne pick three in the draft. I reckon Brad's too smart for that. But they get the play for nothing yeah, themselves. Yeah, I know. But then North get... I, I think... The Danaher one... Just remember, Essendon yeah, got but, a but pick in the... I, under, I understand the the, the the comparison you're about to make. But mm. I'm just... It's very rare that... When, like, when was the last time that this sort of situation played out with a club so far down the ladder? I James Frawley? I was just about to say. I reckon it was James Frawley. Yeah. And so, who let they end up getting in that draft? It was Frawley and Angus Brayshaw? It was Petrarca and Brayshaw. With the two picks they took, so it was it was sorry, sorry, that's what I mean. Yeah, Frawley goes to um, Hawthorne. Yeah, and they end up getting Petrarca and Brayshaw. Yeah, I, I would hazard a guess, just knowing him a little bit and what he's about, that Brad's got to be sitting there being like, uh, I don't want to, I, I don't want to create a situation, even if we get him for free, where we give one of our rivals picks two and three in the draft. Yeah, but if they're keen on Ben McKay, and that remains to be seen. Now it didn't affect Hawthorne as much, but remember they're coming off premierships. Yeah, Essendon aren't. Anyway, I'm, I'm, just, like, I'm playing devil's advocate. Yeah, the alternative is, though, North Melbourne do what the Giants did with Jeremy Cameron and match the bid and force, even though if Essendon are into him, they force them to give up picks for him. Mm. Yeah, it's the old, we'd rather get him for free but help you mm. help a rival or give up something and make sure they don't get as good a pick. The ironic, ironic part of this is Danaher went from Essendon to Brisbane, three years at 800, triggered a top 10 pick. Because mm. don't forget it falls after where you, your pick is. This is the one that Brad Scott ironically investigated. Yeah. I don't... I think I said this on on tradies before. I didn't like that deal. It's it's it's, it's smelly, especially when there's it's really smelly years four and five of that contract came pretty quickly after it at lesser yeah, money. I don't like it at all. I think in a in a game where we're all talking about integrity so much, I don't like the manipulation of that system one bit. Well, that's what happens with compo picks. It's going to be frowned forever if that's the way they want to continue it. Please keep the uh, voice memos coming. Our producer Scott loves trawling through the mountains of voice memos we get at tradies podcast. What's on for the week? I might watch Seven. Haven't watched it yet. Yeah. Was too busy working on my whiteboard items. Yeah. Well, okay. I was. I mean, you, you did put 17 people on the whiteboard. So I need to get to that. You? When are you going to watch it? I need it. To give me, is it Sunday? Sunday movie with Kate? Probably Monday night. We had dinner last night with friends. So Monday night next week. What do you mean you had dinner last night? Well, no, I'm saying this, this Sunday. Sunday's a footy watching day. 
Yeah, it's a bit on. Sunday night. Yeah, true. I could squeeze it in. It's Hawthorne, North Melbourne and West Coast, Richmond on Sunday, by the way. Never know which whiteboard items might emerge from those games. I will not be watching either of those games. <laughs> I'll just give you the hot tip. I'm doing, pre- I'm doing pre-game for Hawthorne, North Melbourne and we'll watch 0.0% of it. Okay. Anything else on for your week? Um, anything else on for my week, apart from trying to find more column items, which is the bane of my existence? Uh, no. Very quiet for me, which I'm very excited about. My first week as a 32-year-old. Oh, happy birthday. Thank you. I think we talked about this last week, didn't we? Yeah, we did. Yeah, you did. Yeah. We did. We did. Yeah. Had a quiet Friday night. A couple of beers. Beautiful. Steak in the oven? Uh, no. I haven't actually cooked in a while. Well, cooked anything decent. Do you know what I did get, though? Do you know what my mum got me for my birthday? Yeah. An air fryer. Cool. I've never used, had one. I haven't used it yet. I'm very excited. This is how boring my life's become. I'm getting excited about air fryers. I don't use the oven anymore. I just use the air fryer. Oh, so you've got one? Yeah. Of course you have you'd have one in middle park <laughs> can you just see mitch there with the air fryer in the the lux pad thanks for joining us for hey, the hey, trade just quickly uh, <laughs> i had this top in my rundown but given the dewey scenario forgot about it until now yeah your button <laughs> what your second button now oh. footy classified as a pocket <laughs> square job it's a non it's a non-tie setup yeah yep yep last wednesday Mm. Just minding my own business on the couch. <laughs> What's with Sam's button? I got a few texts. Switch it on. Hair slicked back. Yes. It's a real sort of slick look to the host on Footy Classified. Yeah, trying to change things up. The second button was undone. So you're going with the top and the second one undone. Explain. Yep. Well, so Mondays is very much the premium sort of package at Footy Classified. Wednesday, because it's new, you know, we're trying to be maybe a little bit edgy. And Is that because of Jimmy? Uh, no, no, not just because of Jimmy. Uh, and I have been mixing things up a little bit with the button, and it depends on the shirt you get. Because sometimes you get like a a shirt where the buttons are at different heights. And mm. anyway, if you do the top button up on the shirt, the, the second top button on the shirt that I had on Wednesday, it's very close to the neck. Right. So I undid it and let... Let the hamburger sort of just just pop out just a little bit, but I think it waved around in all my my head turning on set, and we were live on Wednesday, so the makeup girl rushed in in the ad break. Not a good sign when she's rushing in. With but she didn't want to do it up. She just had the tape. Ah. So you sort of taped the, and she made a comment like something along the lines of. Uh, there's, you know, still mums and kids watching, so it's we've got to make sure it's it's PG. <laughs> so clearly the button got noticed. Oh yeah, but I didn't have any any calls from Channel Nine. That's good. And the the the, the hair has not yet been raised, and oh. I've been growing it. Yep. So just don't tell anyone. Don't tell anyone at night. Okay, because it's it's fine. All right. I hope they don't listen to this. Thanks for joining us on Tradies. We'll see you next week. Thank you for listening to another Producey podcast. If you enjoyed the show, it would be a massive help if you could like, follow, rate, subscribe, tap the bell, leave a review, or even share it with your friends. So if you want to get in touch, share feedback, suggestions, or to advertise with one of our podcasts, then simply email hello at producey.com. Thanks for tuning in.